Hi, y'all. For this month's re-release, we're going to go back in time to November of 2019, in the before times, <laughs> pre-pandemic, and we're going to talk about why toast gets toasty, why food gets brown when we cook it. It goes well with our episode from last week on bread. Yeah, I remember this one really well. It laid a foundation for me about a bunch of conversations we had later. But I remember I really hadn't thought about like what happens when we cook stuff. I kind of thought, is it getting like a little burnt, but not yeah. so bad that it tastes bad or whatever? Yeah. I'm like, it's just cooked. It just turns brown. Yeah. But it's way cooler than that. And I remember this one really well. Yay. Well, that's exciting. And be sure to come back and visit us next week for an episode about what candy canes and cigarettes have in common. Happy listening. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast that helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Jam, Thanksgiving is only two weeks away. That's pretty insane. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving too. I have no idea what I'm going to do other than eat food in some capacity. I also have no idea what I'm going to do. We should do another Friendsgiving thing like we did last year. Yeah, last year was fun. I made a cake that looked like a turkey. Oh yeah, that was cool. It was really fun. And it's not, it was not a real, it was not an illusion cake. It didn't look like a real turkey. It looked like a cartoon I turkey. I was convinced. <laughs> and it was in the middle of us doing a fitness challenge. Oh yeah. And because of that, we went ham yeah, we on did. turkey day. Right. It was like, that was the only allowed day to like not count calories. Oh, absolutely. Remember that? That was yes. so cool. Mm -hmm. I did go very, very ham. On some turkey. Ham on some turkey. I don't like the turkey very much, but mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that turkey was fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't like turkey very much in general, mm -hmm. but I love mashed potatoes, yeah. bread, mm -hmm. mac and cheese, all the things. Mm -hmm. I love sides and desserts. And it's sad because I'm doing no sugar and no white bread right now because, you know, just because of my health reasons. Uh -huh. And that's everything I love about Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's a lot of sugar and white bread related things happening. But I do let myself take breaks from it. I don't want to be someone who never eats cake again. Yeah. So I will, I will fully, that's going to make <laughs> Thanksgiving actually even better. I'm going to get to have, mashed potatoes are fine, but I'm going to yeah. get to have mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to have, I'm going to eat as much white bread as I want. And I'm uh -huh. going to make sure it's the good white bread. Yeah. I feel like whenever you have, when you're pretty regimented and have some good mm -hmm. discipline for yourself, mm -hmm. Letting yourself have an occasional, like, the, I mean, Thanksgiving is once a year. Mm -hmm. you have an occasional, like, all right, I'm going to not count the calories today. Mm -hmm. Makes it that much more enjoyable. Oh, absolutely. If you're not counting calories every single day, no offense to anybody, but if you're not counting calories every single day, then Thanksgiving is really no different <laughs> other than just the food is better quality, but like. And, and it's you, with your friends and your, family. Yeah, friends and family. But you don't get that like heightened enjoyment <laughs> that you would get if you have been like kind of abstaining. Yes. And then you're like, all right, all right, dude, Thanksgiving. Yes. Let's go. So anyway, because Thanksgiving is uh -huh. only two weeks away uh -huh. and because we love food this much. Uh-huh. Agreed. Then I decided to do yet another food themed episode. I love it. I love food. I love food <laughs> episodes. I love how relatable it's to my life because I love food so much. <laughs> so I'm ready. Great. Okay. And I think this is relatable to everyone's everyday life. Okay. Okay. So you know when you cook bread, you toast some bread. Mm -hmm. Or you bake some cookies. Yes. Or you 
sear some steak. Yes, yes, yes. They get a little brown, golden brown. They get that nice toastiness on the outside or that sear on the outside. Yes. Do you want to know why it does that? Because it's getting burned? (laughs) Kind of. Uh (laughs) Um, Burnt things are a different thing. Okay, okay. So it's not like it's getting like a little bit burned. It's something else? It's something else. Okay, interesting. I thought it was like hitting that sweet spot. It's like, oh, it's starting to get burned, but don't, but take it off. I think now this is already something I don't know. You've exposed me early. I think oh, burning no. is the formation of just carbon, like soot. Oh yeah. Cause like if you, I mean, if your toast gets beyond toasted, it gets mm-hmm. burned, mm-hmm. it does just taste like ashes. Yes. I think that's something else. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. It could just be what I'm about to tell you taken all the way to the end. Okay. Okay. But I'm already not sure about something you said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so that doesn't start out great for me, but that's okay. I'm fine with not knowing things. <laughs> okay. So I was told mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. I took what's called a polymer chemistry course. And in that course, we had a visiting food scientist, I think from Pepsi, but I don't know for a fact. Interesting. Pepsi. And he said that the toast that forms on your bread, that brown color is a polymer reaction. Oh. Yeah. And I took that and I knew it. And that was all I knew uh-huh. for the last probably seven years. Uh-huh. But I've had that in the back of my mind. Yes. Separately, my brother wanted me to do an episode on why things turn brown when you cook them. Uh-huh. Guess what? What? They're the same. The polymer reaction he told me about and my brother asking about why things turn brown when uh-huh. you cook them like steak is all the same concept. So the Pepsi guy, food scientist, mm-hmm. what what was he talking about turning brown? Well, I'll t- he was talking about bread. Oh, was- all he talked about was bread. Okay. And then your brother asked about other things that are not bread. Like steak okay. and stuff. And it's the same thing happening. And it's the same thing. And so I finally got to open the door to that man telling me that thing uh-huh. and explore around in it. A leftover mystery, unsolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now being reopened. Yes. The case is being reopened. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even so much a mystery as, as I knew one level of fact and I knew there was a lot deeper to get in. Yeah. And I never had the time or the reason to go and look into it. Yes. Got it. And so I finally got an excuse to open that door and look inside. And? And I learned so much. Excellent. I'm so excited to share it with you. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you about what polymers are. Okay why that stuff turns brown and some of the ways that we can control that reaction. Okay. And then I want to hear you tell me about it. Perfect. That sounds good. Okay. So first of all, do you know what a polymer is? I, I think I've heard that word used in a way that, that kind of seems to suggest it's a mixture of different things. That's a really like broad definition mm-hmm. but like some plastics i think or some like coatings mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. that are like some mixture of different chemicals that's mm-hmm. pretty much it that's all i've really heard it referred to as it's one of those like nice advertising words was like our patented polymer whatever mm-hmm. coating keeps yes. your stainless steel products you know yes so um polymers are the very basic definition is a large molecule with repeating small groups in it Oh, okay. So uh, it's called a macromolecule, a big molecule, and it has a bunch of small groups that just repeat over and over and over again. 
Okay, it's a molecule with a lot of molecules. <laughs> Repeating over and over again. That's so good. Yeah, a big molecule with a bunch of molecules inside. Repeating over and over. So again. inside, not like not like a tail kind of thing, like with the soap deal. It's just, it's it's like a lot of it's containing the small so, ones. Well, the it basically can it can arrange itself in a lot of different ways. Oh, okay. But imagine it's a chain of ABC, 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 okay. ABC over and over again. So okay. the small repeating unit is the ABC, but they're it. all connected together in a variety of different ways okay. to make a larger molecule that's known as a polymer. Within within the the larger molecule, there's a pattern of some kind that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of small. It's yes. like not like 26 letters. It's like three or mm-hmm. something yes. like that. Okay. And th- those small units, small repeating groups, it could be varying sizes. It doesn't have to be anything in particular, but that's just the overall definition of a polymer, a large molecule with repeating small groups. Okay. And polymers, like you said already, make up so much. Mm-hmm. Nylon for nylon stockings. Polymer. Nice. nice. Plastic. This plastic. What is this? My sister calls these church tables. They are like like that. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. It's a folding cheap table. Yeah, I don't. They're like the church lunch tables. Um, underachieving table might be one of the the phrases you could use. <laughs> this table is made of polymer. Okay. And the nice toasty part of your toast is a polymer. Okay. And. The sear on the outside of your steak is a polymer. Okay, interesting. So polymers occur naturally and we can synthesize them in the lab. Uh-huh. And now we're going to talk about how they happen in our food reactions. Okay. So do you got it? Do you know what a polymer is? I think so, so far. I mean, like, there's still a lot that I don't know, but I think I have the basic definition and hoping it'll make sense when we delve into the food part. So it sounds like a polymer is a large molecule, but within it, there's a distinguishable pattern of some kind, some smaller unit that is the same repeating over and over. Great. I don't know what that would look like really, but it sounds like we're going to have some specific examples. Yes, we are. Okay, sweet. Polymer chemistry though is very complex. So we're not going to dig in as deep as a polymer chemist would. Okay. And there's some that just wouldn't be fun or even possible to communicate on a podcast, but I'm going to do the best I can. Okay. So now you've got what a polymer is. You can put that off to the side for just a second. And I want to talk about just basic chemical reactions. Okay. So in chemistry, there are special arrangements of molecules known as functional groups. So, If a carbon, oxygen, and a hydrogen are arranged in a certain way, that's a functional group. Okay. Okay. And usually what happens in a reaction is one of those functional groups reacts with another functional group to make and or break bonds. Okay. And that is a chemical reaction. So usually it's... Different groups of atoms arranged in different ways that have a consistent way they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got that. Mm-hmm. So, so they interact 
and bonds change of some kind. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's what a chemical reaction is. Mm-hmm. So different groups of atoms together, mm-hmm. into molecules mm-hmm. that interact. And when they do, bonds change in some way. Right. And then that's a chemical reaction. Right. Okay. They're either made or they're broken. They change in some way. Okay. You can have a chemical reaction just between two elements, but right now we're talking about in molecules. Okay. 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 So now let's take our polymer knowledge and mm-hmm. our chemistry reaction knowledge. And I'm going to tell you what happens in browning food. Okay. In browning food, there are two types of functional groups. Say that definition for me again. They are groups of atoms and molecules that when they interact, they, or I guess the, the functional groups themselves are just groups of atoms that mm-hmm. have a particular way that they react together or something. That's close. The, they have a particular way that they're arranged. Arranged. Okay. Before any reactions take place, they're okay. just arranged in a special way that are recognizable. Okay. So these functional groups in that naturally occur in most foods, there are sugars mm-hmm. and there are special types of, types of sugars with a special functional group on them. And there are amines and amines are made up of nitrogens and usually some hydrogens. Mm -hmm. And those naturally occur in meat, like in proteins, in all the things that are in food. Mm -hmm. In browning food, these two specific groups, one functional group called an amine, one functional group called a reducing sugar. Well, a reducing sugar is really a group of functional groups, but that's neither here nor there will react with one another. Okay. Okay. When they react, a whole cascade of more reactions will then start to take place. Okay. And when that whole cascade of reactions start to take place, you get so many things that you recognize in cooking. Okay. So they can take one direction or another direction, depending on what is present in the food. They can stop and release into the air as what's called aromatic compounds. So you can smell Uh them. uh Those are cooking smells. They can keep reacting, keep reacting and make up a large molecule with small repeating units Uh called a polymer Uh that's brown and has a delicious flavor. Interesting. So that smell, the smell and the look combination are part of the same deal. Mm -hmm. They're both effects of the same like reaction that started a chain reaction kind of deal. Yes. Okay. Exactly. That is interesting. I hadn't thought much about the fact that like, I mean, I don't know. I just hadn't got my mind probably mm-hmm. like many of us, but the idea of the smell and the look of something cooking being so tied together, mm-hmm. just, I haven't thought about it. It's just like, mm-hmm. you're so used to things that you cook that you love smelling great or whatever. It's just like, yeah. A, oh yeah, he's cooking. So it's going to smell. I'm going to smell mm-hmm. it. But the fact that it's part of the same kind of initial reaction that causes several different things or whatever uh, is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I was I was reading this and I learned a lot in Uh this adventure and it never occurred to me either that Uh the thing that makes I knew that that was a polymer. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how it happened or what molecules it was between or anything, but it never occurred to me that that could also be possible for smells. Smells are so crazy too. And I know you've, Mm -hmm. I think we had a question or something like that related at some point that maybe we'll someday do a smell episode. Yeah. So obviously don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much. Oh my gosh. The idea of like, whoa, the thing smells sweet or smells like whatever Mm -hmm. is crazy, especially knowing Mm -hmm. what the reactions are going on. Mm -hmm. It's weird that we can also 
not just see it, but smell it. I don't yeah. know. That's such a stupid thing to feel like amazed by, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Well, I think it's really cool. I don't ever think things are stupid to be amazed by. I try to really embrace the wonderment of normal things. Well, yeah. Do you ever say something and you're like, oh, it's so crazy that this is happening. And you're real, you're literally just saying what's happening. You're like, yes. And, you're, and people are, it's like, you kind of feel like a complete idiot. Cause it's like, yeah, that's what happens. You put dough in the oven and then it bakes. It's like, you're just saying what happens. We all know. Yes. And yeah. you're just adding that's amazing at the beginning of it. You, you kind of feel a little bit like you just woke up from like a coma or like somehow no, you were born. I'm fine with the yeah. way that that feels to be the one that thinks, isn't that so, I often, it's about food. Isn't mm-hmm. it amazing that there are so many different things we can do with just the same ingredients. And then people are just like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think there's sometimes where I find a different way to put it, a different way to word it. And mm-hmm. then I feel like, okay, I'm going to say this because I'm not going to sound like an idiot. But <laughs> if, it's, if I'm just saying like, isn't it crazy that like you put this like wet gushy stuff in the oven and then it becomes <laughs> like, like soft, but like rises and then tastes good. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we've all, done that every day basically you so. can just say that to me and we'll we okay. can just be amazed together right. as long as i won't sound like an idiot then yeah I'll, i'm happy to to know that you won't think i'm an idiot <laughs> no i won't i'll be excited too okay so that what i just told you uh-huh. those are the very basics of what's called the maillard reaction maillard it's spelled almost like mallard duck it's m-a-i-l-l-a-r-d i think it's french maillard oh nice It was discovered in 1910, Mm -hmm. I believe by someone who was doing research about diabetes. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of research that still goes into this reaction. Uh So there's still a lot to know and that we need to know. We know the very basics. It happens in a lot of food. It makes food taste better Mm -hmm. to most people. Yeah. It makes it easier to digest for our bodies Uh and to get nutrients out of. It's favored at high temperatures. I think it has to be slightly above the boiling point of water, like 218 Fahrenheit, I think, Uh for the reaction to be triggered. Uh You want to have low moisture because water can sort of get in there and mess up some of that reaction. Uh 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 And you don't want a lot of acidity because um, we talked about this briefly before, but acids and base react. And the amines that react with the sugars are basic. So if you have a very acidic marinade on your meat, for example, mm-hmm. and then you try to brown it, it might not be able to develop as many of those good flavors because some of the molecules that are trying to react have been quenched, knocked out, not able to react. They've already reacted with the acidic marinade. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So those are the big facts about Maillard reactions. Okay. But they are still studying these because different groups of molecules attached to the basic functional groups, the amines and the special sugars will make a myriad of different flavor profiles. There are nutty flavor profiles, ones that taste meaty. That's the umami flavor that Mm -hmm. they talk about. Ones that taste sweeter. All of these all the flavors that you experience when you cook food and the things that you smell are all from these incredibly complex Maillard reactions. Mm -hmm. And we could dig deeper, but even as I was studying, some of the papers said, hang on, let me find the exact wording. It was really good. Even when I was studying, one of the papers said several steps between two reactions Uh and you can go look at another paper and look at it. But for a chemistry paper, published in a 
peer reviewed journal to say several steps, uh-huh. <laughs> you know that that's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is a very complicated reaction and there's so much left to learn about it. But those are the basics and the big things for you to know about why food browns and then tastes better. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought about too, is that like me saying, isn't it just kind of burning at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Is me using a really simple word to describe something I don't understand at all. I don't understand what has something burning. I do not understand <laughs> the first thing about that. It's just, it's just familiar. And so I was like, oh, isn't it not mm-hmm. something burning? But it, it, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you don't know what burning is? No, I mean, we, we can none of us. absolutely do an episode yeah. of about what happens when we burn things. I'm yeah. going to write that down right now. Okay, perfect. But I mean, like, I think a lot of us would do that, but then not really think about like, do we even know what burning is? Like, <laughs> Or are we just, we're just familiar with it because we've encountered it many times when we've left something too long or when we've, you know, made a fire or something like that. It's just like not, we don't really know what's actually Mm -hmm. going on. So, well, and I did read that if you let the reaction go on for too long and there's too many of those compounds, it Mm -hmm. does start to get some of the bitter flavors and that could be part of the taste that we associate with burning. Mm -hmm. But I do think that the actual combustion reaction of burning is going on, but we can talk about that later. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's it. Those are the basics of the Maillard reaction. Okay. So is this the part where I try to describe back to you what all of that is? Yes, please do. Okay. Firstly, a polymer is a large molecule mm-hmm. made up of a like repeating small units within it mm-hmm. um, patterns. And then a functional group is a set of atoms that arrange themselves in a recognizable way Mm -hmm. and then they can interact with other functional groups and Mm -hmm. cause reactions that are different based on what's going on. Yes. Um, And so, oh, this is going to be hard because we started talking about a lot of other things since we actually (laughs) finished the chemistry part. Um, Delicious things. Okay. So in an oven, so to speak, or some other thing where something's cooking and browning a toaster or whatever, Mm The, you, you said two things. You said there's an amine. Yes. And what's the other thing? It was a, a special type of sugar. A special type of sugar. Mm-hmm. It's called a reducing sugar. It doesn't matter. It's a sugar with a special functional group on it. Okay. It, it means nothing to most people. It's just a special type of sugar and a special type of amine. And both of those naturally occur in food. Okay. And... And so that's how ha- that's present. Mm-hmm. And also the temperature is hugely important. So mm-hmm. when things get above, essentially like boiling point above 212 mm-hmm. Fahrenheit mm-hmm. at that point, I is think that it's 218, but I don't know for a fact. Okay. It has to be pretty hot, Yeah, which makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we all see. But then that those functional groups can react. Is that what's happening mm-hmm. at that point? And mm-hmm. then they form form mm-hmm. a polymer yes well a, a lot of reactions happen yes one of them is that a polymer is formed mm-hmm. which is is that also related to the sugary taste kind of deal or like mm-hmm. some of the taste related things is the polymer that we're tasting yes and mm-hmm. then aroma happens too yes it might be its own reaction but it's mm-hmm. all related to the initial heat and functional groups reacting yes and then it's like all these things happen yes and it's to us, it looks like look, taste and smell. Yes. But it was probably who knows how many things going on. But the, but those are the basics. That's a great 
description. Okay. I, I was pretty scared because I was like, <laughs> I was with, I got, I know the definitions of the things, mm-hmm. but then it's like that crucial moment. I'm like, wait, what really How did happen? How do I put it all together? Heat and some stuff that's already there. I okay. thought of a really good illustration for it while you're talking. Okay. I have been trying to think of a good illustration for this for several hours uh-huh. over several days and I've not been able to come up with anything, but it's almost like when you set up dominoes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, and sometimes you have them just in a straight line, but you can't have little offshoots. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe a Maillard reaction because you knock down the first domino. That's the sugar and the amine reacting. Uh-huh. And then there's all these little side products for that form. So mm-hmm. if you've set up the dominoes in the right way, they can form, go out on the side, uh, but then that main line keeps going. And in the end, that main line will form the polymer, but it, the side chain reactions that are going yeah. on are also smells and all that other stuff. Have that's you happening. seen V for Vendetta? Once a long time ago. There is a scene where kind of like the climax of the movie, the whatever, like the main plan he's, he's plotting. Um, there's some tension building and he does set up a large domino thing mm-hmm. in the shape of a V cause that's his, name or whatever Mm -hmm. and so he he first pushes the i mean we've all seen domino reactions but he first Mm -hmm. pushes the very tip of the v and you don't really know what he's doing Mm -hmm. and then you just see it zoom out and it's like this huge thing but it splits off like that obviously yeah and it's like crazy to think about like one to two to three to four to five or whatever it can so easily yes fan out like that yeah there's so many little exits and side reactions that Mm -hmm. can happen that can make different things and we we really can't get into this because it's so complicated, but based on what type of mm-hmm. amine, like what's the functional group attached to, that gives you different flavors and different smells. And that's why different things taste differently. There's just a lot of options for you there. And you said amine is basic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like not, is there any relation word-wise to amino acids? Yes. Okay. Okay. So amino acids, I thought that this was true, but I got really scared because- I wasn't a great student in college. Mm-hmm. I was going through it. I was a really good student Undergrad. in high school. Yes. Killer and student now though. Yes. I was a really good student in high school and I was a, a solid A minus B plus student in mm-hmm. undergrad average. But mm-hmm. that means there's some definitely worse classes in there. Yeah. And then I got to grad school and really locked in again. I was going through it. It was a hard time. Self-discovery, you know? And look at our Instagram today for the photo from this episode to see one of her worst uh, tests. We'll post a photo of that. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I don't even, I didn't keep them. I probably just burned it. I'm just kidding. But in, Burned, nice. <laughs> but amino acids came into play most often in biochemistry. I uh-huh. did bad in that class. I did badly. I did bad. Uh-huh. Badly. I, I don't know. I didn't do well in that class. But amino acids do have, they all have amine groups in them, which is what I thought, but I just wanted to be positive because I hadn't checked that before. Yes. Interesting. I was mm-hmm. like, that's sounding familiar, but then I didn't really think about it until you said the basic thing, being base. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, amino acids, mm-hmm. obviously you have acid in the name. Yeah. So base in the same way that the other episode we talked about with acids and bases and baking soda. Okay. So acids will react with them. So that's why acidic marinades i think that's part of why they break down food and make it more tender oh okay but it can also inhibit your maillard reaction uh-huh, uh-huh. and keep the brownness from coming also i forgot to say maillard was studying this type of reaction i believe because he was looking into diabetes oh you did say that i did say that okay good mm-hmm. <laughs> 1910 
1910. He was yeah. looking into diabetes yeah. and that's why the, he sort of discovered it by accident. A lot of chemistry discoveries are accidents. Many people have won Nobel Peace Prizes for accidents that mm-hmm. they made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, didn't, did I ever see the whole thing back pretty much earlier? I think you did. Yeah. The high temperature you talked about, uh-huh. you want low moisture, but that's not incredibly imperative. And it's between sugars and amines. That's kind of interesting too. Cause you think about the moisture aspect. It does seem like if you have moisture in something that you're trying to cook, some of it does have to kind of get out of the way before mm-hmm. the thing starts happening. Mm-hmm. Like vegetables or whatever. They, mm-hmm. it seems like some of that, the water that's naturally in there has to kind of start evaporating off before you even notice any amount of like browning or whatever. Yeah. Which yeah. I never thought it was related. But it definitely is. So that's it. That's how when, now when you're cooking and you're getting ready for Thanksgiving after you've chopped up your onions and you know why you're crying and then you throw them in the pot to saute them and get them brown, you know that that is a Maillard reaction. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about the airborne things that come when you cut an onion open uh-huh. and how that forms at the moment you damage the onion. Yeah. And then you can talk about the Maillard reaction. So definitely invite someone over who doesn't listen to this podcast and teach them all of that. Yeah. And then tell them where you learned it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. That's a good combo right there. <laughs> the onions thing, almost certainly something you're making is going to have onions in it. Mm-hmm. And then everything you do, almost everything except for like maybe a salad or something is going to have the Maillard reaction in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. We've got a, a good food series. Now I'm a little bit hungry. Some nice, nice brown steak. I love steak. I worked at Texas Roadhouse for a very long time. So, all right, Jam. Well, what are you thankful for this week? Thankful for. All right, we're going to do our thankfuls. I, um, this week I've been thankful for my roommates. So my wife and I, I think I've described this a couple of times, but just in case you haven't heard that episode, my wife and I live with, um, another couple. We kind of have a house that it's sort of like a duplex. We, we share a living mm-hmm. room and kitchen. And so, um, we have a different sides of the house though. And so my wife and I, uh, really love living with the couple that we live with and we got to have a cool roommate night this week. We went to the fair. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it was just really great, really good hang time. We really enjoy getting to live with them. And so I'm really thankful that we get to have a cool, um, sort of family um, in our house here. So we really, really like that. So I've been thinking a lot about how thankful I am. And you guys do a really good job of letting your home be really open to everyone. You have a lot of events over. You always invite people over. And I love that you all have decided to make your home be like that. Yeah. Um, So that's what I've been thankful for. What about you? I'm thankful for that too. That's not my my thing, but I am thankful for that. That's kind of cheating, but I'll allow it. I think my thing that made me happy this week, Mm -hmm. a few episodes ago, you talked about putting Mario on your phone. Was it Mario? Oh yeah, actually that was that they came up with a Mario Kart app and then this this is something different, but yeah. And I said, I would be eternally delighted if I could get the sounds and sights of my old Game Boy Color back Uh and Jam did it for me. Yeah, I accidentally that same week stumbled across a way to do that and I was not looking for one, which is kind of funny, but I was like, I want this too. (laughs) And then... Melissa just talked about that, so it stuck out to me. <laughs> and then he did all the hard stuff where you have to download stuff and put it on my phone, which I'm so bad at that stuff. Updating my computer, forget about it. I don't know how to do any of that. 
and I got to play it after I had a big project for school and it was such a fun day to just play with my and it had it was even purple which was the color of my Game Boy color and it had all the sounds and it really was just pure nostalgia yeah and if you're listening you you probably you might know this as an emulator it just plays Game Boy games but it's super super fun it is super fun I didn't know I don't know anything about emulators but it's just called an emulator but um yeah they are way fun it was very fun to be (laughs) back in that nostalgia that's cool that's cool yeah so before we totally wrap up for the day, we've got some updates on listeners around the world. We added a new country. Oh yeah. This week, Romania. Ayo. I'm so our, excited about that. Yeah, it's awesome. First <laughs> listens from Romania. So hey Romania, how's it going? Uh, we had a two kind of significant jumps mm-hmm. in two countries. Australia jumped from like like I think fifties or something like that mm-hmm. to the seventies. Very quickly. In terms of listens. So that's mm-hmm. pretty that's pretty cool. It kind of been a slow incline. And then Germany jumped from like 70 something to 120 something, right? Very quickly. Yes. So mm-hmm. awesome. Thanks Germany and Australia for listening. Yeah, and thanks Romania. guys. And I'd like to also give a thanks to our references. So mm-hmm. I used um, several peer reviewed journal articles this week, including one called Control of Maillard Reactions in Foods, Strategies and Chemical Mechanisms by Lund and Ray. I used one called Baking Aging Diabetes, A Short History of the Maillard Reaction by Helwig and Henley. And then an article from, I found on a Science Direct database called Shelf Life of Food Powers by Hedegaard and Skibstead. I hope that's right. And Handbook of Food Powers. And last but not least, an NPR article written by Joe Polka called 100 years ago Maillard taught us why our food tastes better cooked Mm. so thank you to all of those resources and thanks to all of you guys for listening Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life but we want to hear from you so if you have questions or ideas you can reach out to us on Gmail Twitter Instagram Facebook at chem for your life that's chem F-O-R your life to share your thoughts and ideas and if you enjoy this podcast you should tell one friend about Mm -hmm. our podcast this week if everybody told one friend then we'd actually just double overnight in listeners. So double the number of people learning about chemistry. Yeah. So that's a challenge to you this week so that we can help share chemistry with even more people. This episode of chemistry for your life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer and we'd like to give a special thanks to a Collini and in Newell who reviewed this episode.